Hey guys, welcome back to 12 O'Clock Talks with Jack and Dave. And today we have a special guest and we're discussing being patient with yourself in new situations, the complexities of everyday life becoming trivial, and our top three travel skills. We hope you enjoy. Keep going. And welcome back. Oh, we're on. We're on. We are live and... Oh, it's exciting. This is a very exciting episode for the podcast for 12 O'Clock Talks. We have our first guest on the podcast. Yeah. Do you want to introduce him or I'll introduce him? I, does this man need any introduction? This is true. Well, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> he did not take that bait, but we're, this is uh, Abate, the one and only, the one that we have mentioned sometimes in some of our stories. Occasionally. How Hello. are you doing? Doing good, man. Yeah. You know, just a bit tired, but just forget about the microphone in the middle of the table. Let's, let's get it rolling. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what was it that y'all y'all both were talking about? Something David texted me and said that we wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. So we were sitting at the pool okay. earlier this week, and Abate brought up a really good point because he was listening to it and was like, "Hey, y'all should talk about it." So, do you want to introduce it? Because you did a great job at the pool. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty much being. What was I about to say? I don't know. No, you're <laughs> good. So you were talking about being patient. Can we restart? No. No, you're doing great. Yeah, you're fine. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just being patient with yourself. And with others, um, I mentioned that to him because of how I was like I came to the United States in two thousand nine, yeah, and they randomly threw me in seventh grade. So I barely spoke any English. I only had like two months prior, and my mother did a good job of teaching me as much as she could within those two months. And before I came here, I was like top student in my grade back in Utopia. I was like top four, top five every year. And coming here and they threw me in seventh grade, I have to figure all this out. And at times it was frustrating. And one thing I didn't know is like, I didn't know how to prepare myself for coming up. Like y'all been from kindergarten to sixth grade. So you have an idea like, this is what I'm gonna be expecting seventh grade. You have strategize some sort of things I'm pretty much been thrown into something I have to figure out so I didn't know how to study or do other things with the whole language barrier so that part was frustrating to me and I was very frustrated but I never like realized like this is I, I felt like I should have been good so throughout the year like as I was going I was learning I was trying to figure it out but Every grade is, is just frustrating. I wasn't, I was just getting mad at myself and not understanding like English is my second language. Like I shouldn't be as frustrated with myself, but in that level, knowing what kind of student I was back home, I'm expecting it to be the same thing here and completely forgot about it. And I didn't even realize it, how frustrated I was getting with myself until like junior year of our Salzburg trip. Like my studying, I usually do like a week or I used to study like three weeks, uh, three days before and then that didn't work. I'm not doing too well and then I move it to a week. But the one thing that clicked with me is like 
in Salzburg, I saw you study. You are doing it like a week before. And then I was thinking, I was like, if I'm doing a week before, they're doing a week before. That doesn't make sense. I need to start like two weeks because I'm behind in certain things. Like I can read it. And then there's the next week I read it and I fully understand it. Mm. But that did not click until I saw you. And I was like, this is why I'm getting frustrated. I wasn't just that part of it is just me not being strategized and like learned those kind of little tricks that y'all been taught throughout. I haven't. So figuring that out and this whole year I've been just really frustrated and I, it took me kind of sat back and I was like, I shouldn't be frustrated. I have to be patient with this. Mm. It's like, this is an obstacle. This is something new to me. Just be patient with yourself. Yes, you have goals, you want to do it. Now you understand that you can't be frustrated and let that get in the way and just make you have different emotions throughout the day because you're just building that up. But once I realized I have to be patient with myself, a lot of things became a lot easier because mm. now my expectation is like, okay, I'm not understanding this. Like I need to go back, reread it, do these things. And that's, that's one thing, and that's why I was telling them is this can go with anywhere. It can be in life. It can be school. any sort of a school. It mm -hmm. can be anything. You just have to be, be patient with yourself. And that's why I was like, a lot of people, I feel like they need to hear this mm. and yeah. go about it. So for background, you grew up in Ethiopia, and you came over to the United States in what grade? Seventh grade. So seventh grade. And I think you were telling me a story about, was it seventh grade or eighth grade? When you were telling me about the um, Scantron story. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. What's this? That was a Scantron. So, um, well, explain the Scantron story. This Scantron, it was very frustrating. Um, it was funny. I, we had a test, and I think this came up because he had a nightmare about Miss Belvedere and Scantrons or something. Yeah. And I never understood it. Like, it was a multiple choice they gave us Scantrons yeah. and uh, the first one I bubbled it was in pencil and it the, it broke off so I didn't know this you have to use pencil so me just I didn't realize that I grabbed a pen for so the rest of the, the rest of it I was just bubbling answers and I looked around and kind of realized it's like everybody's using pencil but at that point I'm like now I'm too far like I'm just going with it and I turn it in, my grade comes back, and I only got the first one right. <laughs> Everything else is just like, not right. And I was like, I'm, at this point, I'm livid. I'm like, why, why? And then one of my buddies, I was like, hey, let me see your scantron, what did you get? And he got a 95. And so I was matching our answers. I'm pretty much bubbled the same ones. Mm. So I went to the teacher, I was like, yeah, by the way, like, I should have gotten this. She was like, well, what did you do? I was like, I guess I used the pen. She was like, well, you have to retake it. So I was like, okay. And pretty much she made me do it the whole test again, but she just rearranged the questions in different orders. Yeah. So 
I was bubbling it, but this time I was using pen. And at this point, let me tell you, I'm sitting in the corner by myself, doing everything I can. Boom, boom. Got it. Made a good grade. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure 95, 98, whatever it was. It was really good. And then she goes, like, did you cheat? I was like, how? No, I did not cheat. I'm like, you literally put me in the corner. So I was like, no, I think you ask people for the answers. It's like, you rearrange the questions. So she was just going at me about it. I'm like, no. So that's the whole thing. It was just that that part was, it was funny at that moment. But yeah, it had was. You, had you just not used a Scantron? No. Like, is that is that is that why it was like just, you were like, I did the right thing. Yeah. It's just the wrong it, color ink. Yep. I never used oh it. That gosh. was the first time. And I also didn't know that when they graded, they just scanned that thing. Yeah. And it did not read. And, and But the one thing that I found a problem with was the teacher is the fact she thought I was cheating. And I'm like, you put me literally in the corner by myself and rearranged everything. Like, how is this possible? So some of my teachers were, yeah. <laughs> they were. So do you think coming from Ethiopia and trying to integrate yourself into the American education system and American culture. I feel like, okay, so I feel like a lot of people try to think that teachers are always going to be on the best side of their students. Was that what you experienced? That everyone, every teacher really just had your best interest from the get-go? Or did you feel like you had to prove yourself? No, to kind of get the respect from teachers. I had a couple that want the best interest in me, and they helped me throughout. But few of them, I didn't think they understood what I was going through. Like everything is pretty much second language, so it wasn't. It was at some point I just saw them as like I have to prove myself because they're not helping me. I have to figure this out by myself. And I go home and I'm like talking to my mom, like I'm facing these issues. I'm asking for help and this like reading or whatever the assignment is. I want to have a better understanding, but some teachers just kind of like blows you up. Like, oh yeah, just go ask him. He might know something. And mm -hmm. at this point I'm like, I'm trying to learn. So yes, at that point I have literally just drove myself to the point I'm like, I'm going to prove this people this and this and I can be successful at it mm -hmm. and just at some point it became my main goal mm -hmm. but then that perspective changed as I got older because it was like at that point I'm like learning but now I go back and I actually see those teachers and I approach them like look that's not the right way to do it which I went through with your class it was miserable I did not enjoy it and the reason is because you did not, like, help me become, like, a better student or help me with the difficulties that I was facing. It's like, this is what you need to do next time you have this kind of, these people that come into your class, English might be a second language, what you need to do is have a room where you can go and explain to them and step by step. Yes, it's going to take a little bit of time in years, but you can also have help. Like a, our school does a little tutor help or like 
upper classes that can come and help you out. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't even willing to offer that at that point. Mm-hmm. That was an option. It was like you could have literally, you don't even have to do it, but to have someone that's older come in and teach you and help me understand and help me move forward with this. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot at some point, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'd never. <clears throat> I never thought about why it says you use a number two pencil at the top of Scantrons until you told me the story. Yeah. Like, I just never, it was always a second thought to me. I, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's wild to me. Like, it's, it, and it, it sounds so simple. And, like, I think, you know, some teachers forget the fact that not everyone's been in the school system for X amount of years or whatever it may be. Because I know by the time I was I was in seventh grade, right? Like you were saying, like we've been prepared for it since yeah. you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, right? Like by the time it, seventh grade, scantrons were second nature to me. I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I can put the answer on my worksheet just to show work, but all of my answers, my entire test is going to be graded by this one sheet of paper that they're going to scan, or they're going to use a key. Like yeah. there's it has, there's a machine that does their job for them. So I never thought about scantrons not being or things not being second nature like things as small as a scantron i feel like do you think it just gets lost in the system do you think people just forget about it um yeah i think so um i mean like i said it was my first time ever yeah i'm usually like circle on paper mm-hmm. you've done like you mentioned they have the key so like the fact i was handed that and i'm looking around like what am i supposed to do with this mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know that. And we do get a lot of, like, exchange students. And Where you're t- from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even them, like, even from different part of the world. Like, there, we do get exchange uh, students from Europe. And I asked them about the scantron. Just to see, like, if mm-hmm. their story matches mine. And they're like... Yeah, we didn't know what we were supposed to do. <laughs> and the teachers tell me I need to bubble it darker than what it needs to be. And I was like, what yeah, the but they're like, yeah. And the teacher never told me. And the only reason why they did it with pencil is because they saw everybody else. And I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe I need to use a pencil. Oh my <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to, I guess, yeah. be, go beyond that. Like, I think it's those little missteps, I think, Teachers should like take the advice. Hey, by the way, we're doing Scantron today. You have to use pencil and color it dark. Simple. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take time. And they hand it to you. Now at least you have that instruction. You're like, okay, I have to use pencil and yeah. I have to do it this way. Instead of handing it to you thinking, you know what's going on. Well, you know what's going on. And everybody does, but you don't. And yeah. that can cause a lot of problems. So to put it in perspective, um, Whenever I sat for the bar exam, the second day of it was all Scantron, all bubbled, kind of like that was what I had the nightmare about, right? Well, it was the same proctor for both days and both sessions of the multiple choice. And each time he had a script saying, you must use a number two pencil. If you don't have one, please come up to the front and we will provide you one. If you don't use a number two, it will not scan. Your test will not be graded. And it's crazy because that is such a high-level exam. And that's something that they are 
mandated to say out loud. Yeah. But you go to a seventh grade classroom, for your instance, and it's just assumed. And it's like, we have people who just got a professional degree who have to be told verbatim to use a number two pencil, but we're still expecting others and you know younger children to just know and and that was i think that's why that story hit so well or hit so hard with me is because i went through this and had to listen to this instruction and at the time i thought it was just ridiculous and i didn't realize that you know there are international students who can sit for the bar exam and so maybe they've never actually done a scantron and that Mm -hmm. i never thought like that thought had never crossed my mind and to have that discussion with you at the pool and go wow i need to recognize that like these instructions are there for a reason yeah they really are beneficial because if it saves one student from not messing up their entire exam it's worth it and so it just hearing your story on that and just a seventh grade, whatever it was, quiz or test or whatever, and then comparing it to what I went through a week ago, like it just (laughs) hit. I was, because at that point I was just ready to get on and ready to take the exam and was kind of tired of hearing the instructions, but they actually mean something. So that was really cool. At least that was really cool for me personally. But um, that kind of also, I, th- I think that may add to the be patient with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, in a way to also just go, it's okay to make those mistakes. If you're, if it's a first time encounter with something, it's okay to make a mistake that other people would seem trivial. Is there like anything that you, anything that you think would just like make other people feel better about learning new things because i think that's where mistakes come from Mm. when it's not out of ignorance yeah like you're not being ignorant of a problem you genuinely have it's a novel issue to you and it may seem trivial to others but it's completely novel to you yeah yeah i mean i think like being patient with yourself is like we talked about this on the podcast a couple of like a couple of pods ago and it's like i think it ties into the idea of not being um like not being afraid to ask questions but like also not being afraid of the answer no right like if you're asking something if something is novel to you but trivial to other people you're never going to know it's trivial to others unless you ask like Mm -hmm. unless you ask and you put yourself out like like nobody wants to do this but holding up a scantron and going what is this yeah like nobody's ever gonna do that but if they did they would go it's a scantron you'd be like elaborate yeah please yeah. what the heck is a scantron <laughs> yeah well you fill it in okay with this a pen no with a pencil okay this pencil no that's a colored pencil what kind of pencil a number two pencil okay here's a pencil is this number two pencil yeah that's number two pencil okay so i just check the boxes no you fill them in okay and you fill it in like really lightly. It's like, no, you don't fill it in lightly. What? No, you fill it in dark. You have to like do it really dark. Okay. What happens if my pencil breaks? Well, you need to sharpen it. Where's the sharpener? Like it, it, it's like it's 
like trivial issues are so much more complex. Like issues that we perceive as trivial are so much more complex to people who in which is it is a novel situation. And I think that's where it really hits home for me. It's like these these issues that seem trivial because we've done them so many times are completely and utterly novel to some people a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's wild. Like the things we often take for granted in our everyday life just because we've done them every single day. Mm-hmm. It's like you show yeah. someone a car, you're like, well, you put the key in the ignition. What's a key? Like you're like, oh my gosh. You know, some people, <clears throat> you know, have never driven a car, never seen a car, whatever it may be, right? It's completely new to them. We're going to think it's, this is trivial. You get in the car, you drive the car, you go yeah. home, you park the car. What? <laughs> like mm-hmm. some people won't even won't even know what or how to function in a car. Yeah. It's it's crazy the the com- the complexities of everyday life that we often take advantage of. I think for for me that's what I got out of your story. It's like yeah. something as simple as a scantron. For you, it's you know you guys have just got your your juris 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 pre how you juris doctorate. Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you. Like. <laughs> What's the jurisprudence? What's that? It's just legal studies. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, even at that high of a level, it seems trivial to some, but you're right. You nailed it on the head. If it helps one person, then it's not trivial at all. It, it's beneficial. It serves the purpose. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. I don't know about y'all. Okay. So, since all three of us experienced this, and I think we can all kind of give our first impression so when we got off the train <laughs> in was it munich was it munich or was it when we got to salzburg uh, maybe it was salzburg it was salzburg and it was the first time we got off the train yeah it was salzburg because munich salzburg. had english translations under yeah. every sign but salzburg didn't <laughs> and when we got off the train and we're in a brand new city we're carrying our suitcases you were and it was boots. i was <laughs> And it was the first time, and I'm saying first time with an asterisk because I'm not going to speak for you specifically, Abate, but the first time at least the three of us at that moment had been in a situation where we had zero idea what the language was. Mm. And just us getting off of the train and trying to find a taxi was a task. Yeah. It took all three of us talking to each other, collaborating, kind of just fumbling about, and just that that immediate recognition of, I know nothing. Yeah. I'm in a new place, and I know nothing. And it was so humbling. So, yeah. I like, at least that was, that was it for me. I don't know how y'all felt in that moment. Yeah. No, that one, by the time I got there, it's like, for me, it just felt like I've done this before. Because mm-hmm. when I arrived here, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I don't know nothing but all that. When I, when we arrived, I look around and it's like, oh, this is going back all the way back to 2009. <laughs> like, yeah. Now I have to figure this out. <laughs> it, was, it was like, at this point, it's like, good thing I had y'all around. So we're like, we're able to figure it out together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a different experience, but... It was also kind of, I was not as worried or kind of, I was actually laughing because you were 
you're looking around and you're just the, that was the first time I seen you just clueless. You're like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and we're just like, all right, let's figure this out. I went straight to Google. Oh, no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, like something as simple as getting in a taxi and going to our hotel was like the most complex thing. And then mm-hmm. groceries. Or ordering so food. It was, so it was Sunday, right? Yeah. It was a Sunday and we didn't know where to get water. Yeah. So we didn't have any plan. water, but if, when you're living in Austria, you can drink water from any public tap anywhere in the, in the city because it runs straight off the Alps. So they have like one of the best public water infrastructures in Europe, right? And some of the best drinking water. You can literally walk up to any fountain. They have fountains around the city and you can just fill it up or at the, like a bathroom sink, like a yeah. public mm-hmm. restroom yeah. sink, which you would never think to do in the United States. And But we are like – we're at a point now where we are walking around – we didn't know how to. We didn't want to get another taxi. We didn't know how to use the public transport system. It was a Sunday, and Salzburg is a deeply religious, uh, Catholic city, and so nothing is open. Everything is closed. All the grocery stores are closed. Got, like everything is closed by the time we get there. It's about four or five o'clock, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, like, we start walking. We're just walking. We go to like three different supermarkets. They're all closed. Every single one of them, and it starts to snow. Like, it starts to snow, we're thirsty, we're hungry, we didn't know what to do, (laughs) and we're just walking around, and we're, we're like, aimlessly. So we walk into a hotel, because remember the advice, I think it was my mom that gave us the advice. It was your mom. If you are lost in a foreign country, the best place to go is a hotel, because they will most likely speak English, or, and they probably know the city better than anyone. And so we walk in, and we go, we need food and groceries. And they go, nothing is open, except there is a grocery store under Mozart's house. You could just go there. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? So we walk to Mozart's house and we get our waters. And I'm pretty sure we all chugged our waters yeah. as quick as we could. And then we stumbled back to the back to the hotel. Come to find out the train station grocery store was open every Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Which we walked out of. We did. We completely. did miss it. We yep. missed it hard. Very hard. Because you had to like walk past it. Yeah, yeah. that's a big oopsie on our part. Yeah. We, we went without water for a good amount of time too. Like yeah, I'm not saying we long. were dying of thirst, but we were we had just we had just flown from I started eating snow. <laughs> <laughs> we just flown from DFW to Boston, Boston to Dublin or no from Dublin to Munich. Caught a train from Munich to Salzburg, got off the train, we were like, Okay. Just lost. Now what? Yeah. But like, we couldn't. We had no access to transportation, which we take for granted every day. We had no access to food, which we take for granted every day. We had no access to water, which we take for granted every day. Like that was the thing for me. Was mm-hmm. just I very quickly realized how easy life is when you have done it for so long in a country in which you feel comfortable and you speak the language. The minute the most basic thing, like language communication like the most basic thing in our communities yeah. and our societies and our culture the minute that like commonality is taken away life becomes so much harder <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. so much harder yeah you can't just go up to someone and be like because if we were in dublin we could just been like where's the grocery store and then we like down the street there's a tesco's yeah. or like london whatever in any english-speaking country but salzburg was that was not the case and salzburg mm-hmm. was also in the middle of a refugee crisis at the time and so the majority of the people working the taxis and the and the um, like the street the street vendors and everything the people you would just ask around 
didn't also hardly spoke German, let alone English. So mm-hmm. like getting our our taxi driver, I'm not even sure spoke German. When we got in the taxi, we just we said we need to go here, and he was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is gonna be." This is gonna be a pain because <laughs> he looked at us. We looked at him. We went, "Oh, brother!" It was, oh no! It was man. a triple language barrier for sure. It was pointing, and that was the thing too because they like they tell you that you know pointing at stuff, smiling and frowning is a universal language. Yeah. We didn't know enough to point in the right direction. No. So we just suffered like there's no other like we we didn't do well at the beginning and we got obviously you get better once you've been in a place long enough Mm, yeah but that first night do you remember we were walking around and luckily you did have cell service because abate and i didn't have any internet circles nope Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh And we just got lost. And we were just trying to find any source of food. We yeah. ended up finding like a hot dog vendor at 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Not on purpose. Just. <laughs> it was like right before we went to crack across the bridge. I remember yeah. this. Yeah. Like, happened, yeah. happened upon someone who happened to be running a hot dog stand. And it was the Austrian Salzburg version of a hot dog. And it was just heaven (laughs) (laughs) we're like we that was the first time we could just point at something yeah the dude spoke he he did speak a little english he told us how to order a a hot dog Uh, in in german German. he's like eins wiener bitte yeah and helped us out and we just could point and then he helped us we paid him Gave us a hot dog, and it was the first time we ate in, like, 12 hours <laughs> because we couldn't find food. Oh. oh. And it was 2 a.m. Yeah. After all that travel. Yeah, because the jet lag, we couldn't sleep, so we were just walking around the city. It's snowing, and I don't do good in the cold. No, y'all both. Oh, yeah. Y'all no, both that's, that was to be uh, Oh, That was rough. That was we rough. didn't do oh, good in the cold, sheesh. but that hot dog may have been one of the greatest yeah. moments of my life. Because <laughs> I cried every day <laughs> <laughs> trying to go to class. <laughs> That's you so remember that, right? That's so yes. melodramatic. Yes. No, that is no, so melodramatic. Yes. No. Actual David. tears. Actual tears. Because there was a time, you don't know this. I don't think Dude, we've actually no, told you this. No, they already left. Um, but you would always go to class before Abate and I because we'd be... Behind you, moping about yeah. all morning. Yeah. <laughs> there were multiple times Abate would be crying as he was leaving because <laughs> he didn't want to go outside because it was too I think too I saw cold. this one time <laughs> where you were just on the bed and I was like, "Are you crying?" And you go, "Yeah, yeah, man, I don't want to do this today." Because <laughs> he came in, he's like, knocked on my door, he's like, "Hey, we gotta get ready. I'm about to get ready," and he's like, "Jack and everyone else already left." So at that point, I'm like, "Okay, I got up." And for some reason, I was like, just check and see how big the snow is. So I just opened the window and looked, and I was like, there is no way I'm doing this. <laughs> so I just sat there, just, I had my head in my hand, just literally just crying. He comes in, you're like, you ready? I was like, no, I don't want to do this today. Like, I'm, I'm over it. He's like, oh, well, you got to do it. So he just see me grabbing my bag, and it just, oh. yeah, it was... That was miserable. For reference, if we missed one day of class, you 
lost a letter grade. Yeah. And it was a three, three, two and a half, three mile walk to class. Fifteen minutes. Okay, so not three miles. Yeah, it wasn't it three wasn't miles. miles. It was fifteen but minutes. Max it, twenty. The, it did take a long time because there were hills and snow. And we walked slow. Yeah, especially <laughs> when you're moping about. Well, I don't think I've ever seen two more miserable sods than you two, just walking, like, stumbling and bumbling through the snow. Hey, all I have to say <laughs> is, we were there on time. <laughs> we were always there on time. You were always, you we were were always on there time. on time. We, we did figure that one out. Uh-huh. It, did, it did help that there was free coffee next to yeah, the it, That was the motivation. <laughs> we had to get uh-huh. to that as quick as possible. But we were on time. We were always. We were never late. Were we in a good mood? No, no, never. No. But that we were out. always on time, and yeah. I think that's what they appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, beside one professor. Which one? Luca. Luca. <laughs> yeah, Dude, that okay. Man, that man I hated do us. think. No, I don't think he hated us. I think he right, appreciated wait, context, us. Context. Okay, so. <laughs> We're still doing the podcasting. There, <laughs> there was there was a specific professor at the college that we were attending. Shout out to you, Lucas. He also doubled as the tour guide. He yeah. he would he would help us travel, and then he also helped us get our student visas and all these other things. And so very on, and he also did the the orientation at the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. Which Abate and I did not pay attention in. <laughs> we were playing games. We were. And we should not have been because we were the least traveled out of anybody in that room. And we didn't know what was going on. So very early on in our education experience, we had to go get our student visas, which allowed us to stay in the country for as long as we did without working. And Abate and I did not realize that you needed passports <laughs> to travel after you had already been in the country. <laughs> and so that was the first and the last thing that apparently Lucas had brought up in the orientation. And Abate and I missed both <laughs> yeah, of those did. notices. So we get on the bus to go and get these visas, and he's like, everyone show me your passport so that I know we can get through. And me and Abate just went, we, don't got we, we have <laughs> nothing. Don't even have an ID on us. <laughs> and so we started off very rocky with Lucas. Yeah, we did. However, throughout time, we broke Lucas down, and I think he became our friend. He did. Yeah, I think he we did. were friends by the end of it. Yeah. yeah. No. I think he, he let us he let us do an extra day of spring break just to go see a Premier League soccer game. Yes. Yeah. Lucas and he didn't make us do the PowerPoint. No, but we yeah. put it together. We did. He did. Five AM yeah. in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Lucas at the beginning was not super fond of us, me and Abate specifically. And then yeah. he did not like our attitudes towards the cold. But at the end of the trip, I feel like we we did wear him yeah. down and forced our friendship upon him because we tried really hard all the time. Yeah. Anytime we, we saw him, we did. We, did. we, we would had go to make up, up some like, grounds. <laughs> yeah. You know the worst part about that? Huh? When we got on the bus, we're like, for some reason, I'm like, 
was we're going through our wallets. <laughs> we had a paper copy of our oh, passports. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We found it after. But you guys had your passports we all along. Did. <laughs> and we're so like, we we're laughing, and I was like, "What the heck?" He was so mad, but we're like, "We, we, like, we can't it. tell like, him. We can't tell him." So we just kept it hidden the whole time. Oh. This is probably the first time we came out. <laughs> yeah. We we did make a pact not to tell anybody. Yeah, we that. did. Yeah, so, y'all ra- Lucas, if you're listening, they're sorry. <laughs> not sorry, Lucas. No. Oh, that was funny. You were so mad on the bus, man. Oh, oh yeah, you me? Were, yes, mm, yeah. You were pretty you were mad. mad. I well, you just you just uh, okay. You listened like, in I, the orientation. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I I, lo- I love y'all. I love y'all to bits. But traveling with you. Is like, have you ever seen those moms in the mall with the the they have the monkey backpacks on their kids with the leashes? Yes. You, you, I kind do want to say, but it, yes. It, it kind of feels like that, except the leash is really, 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 really long, and there's always a lot of slack. And at the last minute, you guys pull really, really hard, <laughs> and it tightens, and it just pulls me back five paces. Like I could be in a meadow surrounded by bunnies and the happiest place ever, and then all of a sudden. I'm all the way back, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, these guys, these guys. But you guys always made it there. Oh, that was probably really loud for listeners. Apologies, guys. The uh, table fell down. You guys were always there on time, most of the time. You did make people wait. Sometimes. Occasionally. But one time, you, one time we you, made people. The majority late. of the time, though, you guys were usually the people like who would bring. I guess our group kind of was the group that would kind of bring the spirits up, of all, and take a lot of like the seriousness out of the whole trip. Like, I don't know. I feel like we were in a really serious. They, once group. they got to know us a little bit better. And yeah, like, those are the, the guys are doing it right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody was a little bit more relaxed. I think so. I think I think you guys you guys brought a like an air. For, especially for me, because I'm a relatively uptight person, especially when traveling. Like, I'm, you know, everything needs to be correct and on time, and you know me. But, you know, it was nice to experience people who uh, weren't, yeah, at all, <laughs> so, like whatsoever. So, yeah, no, I think it was it was definitely a cool learning experience for me, just as a as someone who's just generally uptight. <laughs> Like you can you can loosen you can loosen up a bit you know yeah. and that's okay you you don't have to be fifteen minutes early to everything you could be ten and that's just mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Would you say this like trip like help you discover yourself a little bit more? That sound it's so cliche so cliche but yeah honestly like because I think like the discomfort I think was a big thing right I think if we would have gone to like London to study abroad right it wouldn't have been the same because we would have known the language and. Immediately yeah. felt comfortable. Similar cultures, right? Austria, very different culture. Very, like, different part of Europe. You know, different language. Different customs. You know, like, all of these different things. I think definitely gave me more exposure to things that I would never have gotten if I would have stayed in where we were going to college. And just done that. And followed, like, a regular track. Like, I think it does, people say, like... You know, the whole, and it's gonna, this is going to sound so cliche, but like the whole study abroad experience, it changed my life, right? It's like, I think for some people, it like, it just gives you, it places you in a sense of discomfort that you wouldn't normally have. But I also get that sense of discomfort because we do these backpacking trips. Like I get, I get that similar feeling from our backpacking trips where there's no cell service. We're doing 
you know, 17 mile hike-ins, that kind of thing. Like you're packing in your water, you know, you're not thinking about anything except for sleeping, eating and drinking water. So it's like a, it's a very similar experience. I think for me, it was the discomfort that I felt all the time, 100% of the time, especially like when you're trying to make sure, for me, I think it was, I realized I can't control anybody but myself. And that was something growing up. I have always struggled with like always I've always tried to like one care about what other people think about me but to also control how other people perceive me and how other people's actions impact me when in reality it, it you can't control any of that you can only control what you do and so I very quickly realized that I couldn't manage us three as a travel group what I could do is put us in a situation where we could be all right you know, and then if it, if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. But I couldn't, I got to a point where, like, I would leave before you guys, like, going to school, like you were saying. Like, that was me acknowledging the fact, like, I can do this by myself. I don't have to worry about them. They'll probably get there, but they're not my problem. I can't control them. I'm going to stop trying to control them because it's stressing me out. So I'm just going to leave. And so I would leave and walk by myself. And honestly, some of those walks were great. They were awesome. I wasn't worried about anyone else. Yeah, to like to pack on to that your analogy of the mall moms yeah i think it makes a good point because at the beginning you felt like you needed to put the backpack on us yeah yeah when in reality like while we did not do salzburg probably how most people would yeah we all acknowledge we always showed up on time Mm mm-hmm we never really made anyone's lives any harder. We may have stressed people out, but it was just because like you put the backpack on us, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it wasn't like us intentionally trying to make your life harder. You right. just really were worried about us. Yeah. And so I think to your point of well, eventually I learned to leave early and leave y'all behind. I think that is kind of a key moment of the trip as a whole, and then it also goes back to other instances where we were not on the same travel plans and it just really had to be do you trust us to show up yeah. and you know because that, like we're all the same age we're all whatever you may have more travel experience but you know we can hold our own yeah. and it was a kind of a battle on our side too to prove to you that while it may not be conventional it works. It does. Yeah. So I think for us, we I also learned maybe take into account if someone is really worried about you all the time, don't do things specifically that you know will make them worried. Because yeah. I, I try to be better at that towards the end, you know. Like I did notice that, yeah. Being at the bus station on time, like the things that just would make the people I care about less stressed. But on the flip side, I think you also reciprocated and you didn't feel like you had the backpack on us. Yeah. You know, like we were able to do Salzburg the way we felt like we needed to do it. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah. That's exactly Because right. me and you were the bumbling idiots. <laughs> I didn't say like, it. Like, <laughs> we without were. a doubt, but like... With that that whole group that had traveled, everybody had travel experience. Yeah. But us. And so we made really dumb mistakes. 
but I'm really glad we did because now I can go, those mistakes, while they are frustrating, they're not going to ruin your trip. Yeah. No. You know, they're not like, you may miss a train. Okay. It happens. You know, you don't know, you don't speak the language. Yeah. Who cares if you miss a train? If your trip is that tightly planned, you messed up from day one. Yeah. So, I think I think we all learned a lot. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, no, you, that kind of pretty much hit the point. But one thing is, like, I was very relaxed. I, I just know I need to be on time. But yeah. I didn't also know, like, I know you were stressing. But I, to start with, I was like, like, you're stressing too much. But I never actually understood why you were stressing. Mm-hmm. So you just relaxed. I was going with my own way. And we just showing up on time was what I really cared about. Was that. But toward the end, I understood why you were doing that. Mm-hmm. And those things, like, you have specific timeline. Like, we need to leave here this time. Be at bus, like, bus stop. Bus leaves this time. Do this, do this. And it helped me become like more organized that way toward the end because I like afterwards I was traveling by myself for a little bit yeah so I learned that from you I was like I can't be doing just oh just hop on on this or get you here I actually sat down I'm like I have to be here 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 well before when we got there I was like I'll just do whatever whatever do whatever I'm gonna get there on time I'm gonna find a way to get there as long as I get there but I never understood that aspect of it. So I learned that, like, and I, until now, like, until this day, like, I still do that instead of just being relaxed. It's still being relaxed. I'm not rushing myself regardless, but I became more, how you say, um, I guess just my management. Prepared. Prepared. More prepared than what I usually would be. What's the one travel Wait. skill you thought you learned throughout this experience? Ooh. That's a good question. Just one thing to add. I think, I, add. I, think okay. I, I just finally realized, like, the reason I was probably so stressed out was because I'd never made, I'd never traveled any other way. So I only knew one way, and I thought the consequences of not doing that one way was just catastrophic. Like not being somewhere on time, not following a strict schedule, you know, not being mm, that early. That makes a lot of sense. Like I had never, I had never not done that. Like I'd always, it was a novel experience for me to like kind of bumble around. And I like bumbling now, but I plan my bumbles, you mm-hmm. know, like I'll plan it like a two hour break or something or like a layover. And I'm like, oh, like I could do this, you know, and it'll be tight on time, but you know, it doesn't have to be exact. Like, I'd only ever traveled, okay, land at 145, okay, it's going to take us 30 minutes to get through customs, that means we're out at 2, 215, okay, the bus leaves at 230, which means we need to be at the bus stop at, uh, you know, 225 or whatever to make sure we can check our bags and make sure we have the right ticket, okay, do we have our tickets, okay, the tickets are here, okay, where's our identification, is our identification with us, who's carrying identification, is it, is it in an easy place, is it my front pocket my backpack or the back pocket my back like all these things would always go through my mind and now it's just like so like blase blase like it's, it's yeah it's just nothing now now it's yeah. you know like i just mm-hmm. clicked for me travel skill it's okay to bumble like totally okay to bumble 
Yeah. Totally okay. Like, I learned how to relax. Like, 100%. And, like, doing stuff by yourself is okay. Yeah. That's my, that was my biggest thing. Like, doing stuff, going on a walk by yourself, totally cool. Going to a restaurant by yourself, totally cool. Doing anything by yourself is totally okay. Yeah. And you just need to have the, like, the confidence to do it. I think mine would be just packing properly. Yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. Because when I was packing, was mad, dude, I was, <laughs> I remember I, I was packing and for some reason I have shorts. I have yeah. two shorts, uh, Adidas pants, maybe two jeans, one big jacket, thinking I'm about to have a good time. And I didn't do the research of how the weather is going to be for the next four months or any of that. Cold. Yeah, but I just so packed it. Cool. Was... You bought Tim's as soon as you went there. <laughs> yeah, used, like so that that's one thing I learned is like now from since then like everywhere I went I'm like okay this is all I need. I checked the weather way ahead. I'm like okay yeah. I have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be rain, so I needed this jacket. So that aspect of it, I think that's one thing I really learned. What, yeah, what I doing? okay so. Not gonna piggyback the packing, but I did <laughs> overpack. For context, Dave wore three jackets on the plane. Three jackets on top of a long sleeve t shirt because he didn't have he brought a he waistcoat, did. a three quarter zip, and he wore his his sport coat underneath his raincoat on top of his three quarter zip that was also over another long sleeve shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And his backpack his his thing was still like on the cusp of being overweight he opened it when we got to the dorm room and it exploded <laughs> like exploded so for context yeah this is fair like my family doesn't travel often well, this very, is your first time out of the country right yeah yeah, m- yeah. pretty much never <laughs> so <laughs> when my mom and i were working on figuring out what i needed it was just we thought about every scenario and it made her and me i'm not going to take any blame out of this from myself but she put a lot of clothes in my in my suitcase <laughs> that i did not need and so but i didn't know any better and I was, and she had been to germany once in her life, so I was like, well, you're well-traveled. <laughs> you know. And it turns out you don't need everything. <laughs> you can make do. Um, so, I would also do packing, but I would pack less. I think we had the different, yeah, we I had different opportunities. Like, we, we were on different spectrums on the packing <laughs> thing. My suitcase weighed 85 pounds. <laughs> It was so heavy. <laughs> it broke the wheel whenever I was rolling it at one point. It snapped. So then I couldn't roll it anymore, so I just had to drag it. Okay, sorry. If, just so you're listening, please picture this. Close your eyes for a second. <clears throat> you're in an airport, and you see somebody who's six foot one walking towards you in a Broncos hat. He's also wearing a waistcoat that goes down to his knees. Over that, under that waistcoat, he has a sports coat on. Waistcoat is very nice. It was a dis, just a solid <laughs> trench coat. It was a trench just, coat. Yeah, was under that is a sport coat. Under that is a three-quarter zip that is zipped all the way up to the top. This man is also wearing jeans and boots. 
and he's dragging, not rolling, dragging an 85-pound suitcase through an international airport. (laughs) 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 The first thought that comes to your mind. He's on a watch list. That's that should be your first thought, because I am checked at every airport ever. Yeah, and that's just the are, truth. Are you surprised? Okay, I do think I don't think I deserved it to be put on whatever pre-check list I'm on now, all because I made a joke at 5 a.m. about him being a Broncos fan when he wanted to see my hat the yeah. first time I went through TSA yeah, was, pre-check. Yeah. He did not laugh. And I think they put me in a system. <laughs> right then and there. Huh? Because after, it was it was the first airport we were in on the way to Salzburg. I made a bad joke at 5 a.m. And ever since then, I can't get through a metal detector or any type of airport security without getting pulled aside and searched. But I will say my my travel tip is to basically, I think I would give myself an hour of mess up time everywhere I go. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. I think yeah. that's, yeah. That's you fair. know, like. You need to build in an hour. Yeah. Like, like that England trip that was tight. Like a lot of people will yeah. be like, oh, I have a 15 minute layover. That's not long enough. You no. never know. There's going to be something weird. And if you make it, you make it. That's great. But there's nothing wrong with waiting 30 minutes and catching your flight versus having a 15-minute layover and missing it. Yeah. So I, like, I, whenever I look at traveling, I now want to have an hour between each mode of transportation. That's fair. That's probably mine. That's the, yeah, that's a good one. You know, yeah. if it's I need to leave the airport and catch a train a little bit farther away i need at least an hour to find a taxi and get there even if it's only 20 minutes away yeah because you never know yeah there may not be a taxi available you may not know how to talk to the taxi the taxi may drop you off in the wrong location and tell you to just hoof it those are that's facts you never know (laughs) (laughs) and so that that'd probably be mine is layovers are okay yeah. They're a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Lo- lo- longer layovers are okay. Six hours, maybe excessive. One hour, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Well. Is this the hour? We're at an hour and 15. Oh, sorry. Very, a very special guest. This is true. Yeah. We had a very special guest. Yeah, thanks, Abate. Abate, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, I appreciate I know you were reluctant, but it seems like you enjoyed yourself. I so really did. Maybe we'll have to invite you back at some point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. One day. One day we'll talk about our getting to London trip. Yeah. Because I feel like I, we could tell I, that I story. There's a lot of there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of podcast lot. Uh, topics I'm from that trip for sure. Oh, us us yeah. three could probably write a book. We honestly oh, probably we could, could, could. Yeah. Could. Next, Rick Steves. Um, <laughs> if you guys are listening, we appreciate you. If you're really liking it, you can go ahead and share it and turn on those notifications. That helps us. Let let you know when we're posting an episode. We try and post every Friday. Apologies on the delay on this one. Um, we are all together, so we figured we'd wait to record. Um, if you're really liking the podcast, you can leave us a review, any kind of review that you want. <laughs> we all know. It's going to be five stars. Abate, what do you think they should give us? Five stars. Five stars. Any kind of review. Any any kind of review, whatever you want. 
As long as it's uh, five just, stars. We just appreciate we just appreciate you listening. Um, and we appreciate you even more if it's five stars. <laughs> we we hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast. Um, this is the first time all three of us have gotten to do a podcast together, so we're really excited. Um, and yeah, until next time, I'm Jack, and this is Dave. Yes, sir. And Abate. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Adios.